We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast. It is Wednesday, February 2nd. We are presented, as always, by the good folks at WinBet. Check out winbet.com. Uh, obviously, a lot of wagering to be done in the next couple of weeks here as uh, a certain football game, the big game, some are calling it, uh, is less than two weeks away. We got NBA All-Star Weekend coming up, plenty of futures to take a look at uh, as well. So if you're doing any of that, make sure you're doing it at WinBet. Again, check out winbet.com. Alex Barutha, you're back on the pod. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, I'm subbing in a basketball rec league tonight. So, wow. you know, I've just, I've just kind of been all over the place. My mind, I've been jumpy. I'm on my third cup of coffee. Um, I've played a decent amount of like rec, you know, just pickup basketball over the last few years, but I have not played in a sanctioned basketball game that includes a referee, possibly multiple referees in <laughs> probably two to three years. So uh, I'm, I, you can probably tell by, by the enthusiasm in my voice, I'm pretty jacked up. Uh, it's exciting. It's a whole different world. The thing is, people will actually play. Like, if you've been playing in your, like, <laughs> the Roto Hoops League uh, with no Very refs. Yeah, if you've been playing at your local YMCA, like, most of the time, people are just not going 100% because nobody really wants to call fouls or get called right. for a foul. It's very different when there's a ref involved and you're like, oh, okay, like, I can actually go 100% and just, like, see yep. what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to shoot free throws. I don't, I can't even right. think the last time I've attempted a free throw. Like, I'm not the type of person that's gonna go to the gym and like, even if I'm just shooting around, I'm not gonna spend time taking like 20 free throws. Like, it's you know, I'm, I'm practicing. Yeah, you know, I'm putting myself in like 2002 Allen Iverson situations. Right. Uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. I I, I would say right now the over under. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about MKF later, but I think Monkey Knife Fight would probably have me at like maybe 15 and a half fantasy points. Uh, it depends, <laughs> you know, what you're subtracting for turnovers. That's always been my Achilles heel in this these leagues. You know, I, I can score a little bit, I can pass a little bit, but I usually end every game with like five to seven turnovers. Um, so it's not going to be pretty, but very much looking forward to to getting back on the court. One other thing I want to get to before uh, we start to talk a little bit of All Star Weekend, we'll we'll discuss the dunk contest field, make some predictions for the reserve picks, which will be be released, excuse me, on TNT on Thursday night. Uh, NFL related news: the Washington Commanders is the new name of the football team, uh, nay, the Washington Redskins. What do you think about this? Do you feel strongly one way or the other? Uh, there's been some heated discussion in Rotowire Slack coming mostly from Ken Kreitz today, but uh, where do you come down on the commanders? Uh, I think people hate it because it's just very, it's very like five out of 10 computer generated fake football team name, logo. Yep. Um, it's like fine. Uh, no strong feelings. I I think in five years, people will be not really thinking about it that hard. Kind of like the Pelicans, right? Everybody like lost their mind when the when the Pelicans uh, became that. And I just, mm-hmm. 
nobody cares anymore. People are like, yeah, it was kind of ridiculous at the time, but now it's just normalized. You said five years. I think people will stop caring in like five months. I, I think we'll be it'll be week five of the NFL season. Like people will definitely make fun of it through the preseason. They'll probably make fun of it. You know, if you listen to NFL pods, people will intentionally, you know, make a joke about it for the first couple of weeks. But yeah, you mentioned, I mean, the Pelicans people hated at the time, the Thunder. I remember everyone saying, oh, this sounds like an arena football league team. This sounds like a WNBA team. You know, the thing is, if the team has even like modest success, it doesn't really matter. Like all of a sudden that success becomes attached to the name. Like the Thunder benefited from basically being good right away. Like their second season in OKC, all of a sudden they're they're a borderline title contender with Kevin Durant and, and Russell Westbrook and Harden and Ibaka. So part of it, I think, is determined by the success of the team. Like if the team yeah. goes, if, if the, the commanders go 14 and three next year, that's going to be the story. It's not going to be like, man, but what would they would have gone if they had chosen the Red Wolves, you know? Um, I, I do think if you could be critical, it's that, you know, whether, whether you're talking about this team or, you know, any kind of new franchise or rebranding franchise, it's, it's really hard to create a name that has like this implied history behind it. Like a lot of the coolest names in sports are, you know, Packers, Red Sox, White Sox. Like you're not going to name a team that in, in the year 2022, it's just not right. possible. So I think there's this, this belief that you want something that feels like it has historical context behind it. But when your history is just a racist Indian name, you know, like you can't, you can't really create that out of thin air. So I don't, I don't know what people wanted. You know, the, the list of the other names in contention reportedly were Red Hogs, Defenders, Armada, Presidents, Brigade, Commanders, Red Wolves, and of course, football team. Like, I don't, I don't love any of those. I, I think I would choose Red Hawks or, uh, or Red Hogs, excuse me, out of that list. But I, I feel like any of those would have generated a similar reaction. I think so. This it reminds me of the, uh, I think it's an old like Onion article, but they kind of rehashed it. That uh, was like Bengals uniforms cool now that the team is good. You <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. Kind of a thing. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. that. Yeah, team success dictates uh, how it will be perceived. That's for sure. Uh, all right, let's get to All Star Weekend. Uh, I, I talked with James a little bit last week about some tweaks to the Rising Stars game. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I, I don't want to you know, talk too much about the all-star starters, uh, which were revealed almost a week ago at this point. Um, that's not exactly newsworthy, but in the East, we have Embiid, Giannis, Durant, who will be replaced by Jason Tatum, Trey Young, and DeMar DeRozan. In the West, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Andrew Wiggins, pause for effect, Stephen Curry, and John Morant. The, the more newsworthy item, though, is within the last 24 hours, we did get the field for the dunk contest. And anyone who's listened to this pod over the last couple of years knows, you know, the dunk contest, especially uh, all-star Saturday night in general holds a very dear place in my heart. Uh, and I, I think you care about it a little bit more than the average person as well. I try to talk about this stuff with James and he just doesn't care at all. I, I don't understand that. Uh, but the field for the dunk contest this year, Jalen Green, Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Obi Toppin. What would you give this, this field as an overall grade? Uh, this is like a, B minus to C plus. Um, I think that's very fair. Yeah. So, you know, I did a little recon. Dunk contest is my favorite part of All-Star Weekend for what it's worth. Um, always love the dunk contest, even though it's like a hit one out of every four years. I'll take mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, Obi Toppin, Cole Anthony, Jalen Green, all have 40-inch verticals. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson... Has a apparently has a 33 inch max vertical, uh, which is pretty shocking. Um, and that's like with the running start and everything, yeah. Again, like he's not, it's not like he's been doing crazy dunks, just very bizarre. I, you know, he's like 6'6 six, six with a 6'10 wingspan, which is like, I guess it's like decently long arms, but not crazy. Um, I, I don't really know what to like. He's got seven less inches of vert than everyone else. I, I did the research. Here's some context of other players who have roughly a 33 inch vertical on the low end. We have TJ McConnell with a 31 and a half inch vertical shake Milton okay. with 33 Mo Wagner with 34. Here's where it gets um, shocking. Robert Covington has a 36 inch vertical and finally, Doug McDermott with a 36 and a half inch vertical. Um, 
you know, I don't want to say that if you put Doug McDermott in this dunk contest, you have a better chance than Juan Toscano Anderson. But if we're just talking measurables, I think he does. Yeah, Doug Pogo Stick McDermott. I right. uh, his that, that's, that's yeah, yeah. That's in enlightening news um, because it kind of backs up what I would think about Juan Toscano Anderson. Like there, there are definitely guys who are not big names who have stuck their way into the dunk contest. Like you know when Derek Jones did it in 2017, he was pretty much unknown at that point, unless you were really in the weeds, you know, Jeremy Evans in 2013, I, I think if I remember correctly, he, he did a painting and then jumped yeah. over the painting. Uh, uh, like there, there have been, did. yeah, there have been kind of fringy rotation guys who, who sneak their way in, but they're not, usually they're like notable dunkers. And, you know, I, I, usually in these cases, when one guy seems like the odd man out, they end up doing better than you'd think. Like a lot of times there's hype for, you know, I'm thinking like flight white, uh, I don't know what yeah. year that was, like 2013 or something, and like complete flop. Like uh, more often than not, it seems to go that way. Um, so you know, my expectations are are cautionally low for for JTA, but he clearly has something up his sleeve. I mean, there are Does other he? guys they could have asked, right? I, I mean, he wouldn't have done it, right? And like, <laughs> do, do you think he just blindly said yes? He's like, oh no, now I have to come up with dunks. Uh, maybe it could be a way to boost I your profile, I guess. I I guess. I mean, this kind of reminds me of when they picked Brandon Jennings for it which I think oh, yeah. was basically off of his like hoop mixtape when he was doing windmills in high school. Okay, well, did you watch the hoop mixtape? Because I mean, of course I that... watched the hoop mixtape, but he had, I, I think if I remember it correctly, he had six dunks that season uh, coming into the dunk contest. I think, I think mm. Toscano Anderson has 20. I looked it up. So okay. he's at least, he at least is dunking the basketball. Although again, if you're six, five with a 33 inch vert in an NBA game, like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be dunking a basketball. Like that's mm -hmm. just kind of how it goes. Well, to, so Brandon Jennings, I remember, ended up backing out of that dunk contest. He did, yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know. I was so excited. I, I think Demar Derozan replaced him, so we probably got a. And that was the Blake Griffin jump over the car dunk contest, yeah. which, which ended up being one of the more memorable of that decade. I, I don't like my, when I picture Toscano Anderson dunking. It's it's like a putback in traffic. So. Maybe that's the approach he takes. Maybe he'll have somebody out there like missing shots and he'll just charge in for a putback dunk. <laughs> just a ferocious two-handed putback dunk <laughs> off of like, one leg. <laughs> like grab a rebound, come down, pump fake, and then just do a you know two-handed dunk. We we really haven't seen any players integrate like in-game situations to their dunking. No, I think that's where maybe he could he could get mm -hmm. Draymond Green, maybe throw him like a you know, a, a bounce pass off a baseline cut sort of thing. Yeah, I think he's gonna get smoked. I think I think this could end up being again, like maybe he does have something up his sleeve. Um but I think he I think this is gonna be awful for him. So I'm excited to see Obi Top and Cole Anthony and Jalen Green. Um I think Jalen Green especially, like his I he didn't have a measured vertical because he, he didn't go with the combine. Right. Um but I mean, he's got to be. I mean, Obi Toppin is a 44 inch vertical, and I feel like I've seen Jalen Green with way more bounce than Toppin. Um, so I'm excited to see what he has specifically. To me, he'd be the favorite. Counterpoint: Obi Toppin did a between the legs dunk in game, and he did, did it twice in college. So we we know he's got that in the bag. I I actually think this could be a decent one. I would I would lean more toward the B minus end of your B minus C plus grade, partially because I mean we're coming off of one of the worst dunk contests ever. I don't remember oh, yeah. anything about last year. Do you even remember who won? Uh, Anthony Simons, I think. But Anthony I only Simons, remember that yes. because I was like, when I was looking up stuff for this dunk contest, yes. I kept seeing articles like Anthony Simons will not defend his title. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man. right. I, that's, that's the only reason I knew it too, is because it was news that he wasn't defending his title. I saw that tweet. I'm like defending his title and what? Like, oh, oh, of course the dunk contest. So last year we only had three. It was Simons, Obi Toppin and Cassius Stanley. Uh, so Toppin's back, Simons declines and Cassius Stanley's not even in the NBA anymore. <laughs> I see I, the problem is like, I don't even remember Obi Toppin's dunks, which is why no. I am not that excited. Like when you compare him to like Jalen green, for example, like I'd rather take the, like what's in the unknown box. Um, yeah. I have to look these up again. I, I just looked one up. He did do a nice bounce between the legs, kind of a reverse thing. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like with him, the problem is he doesn't look like he floats when he dunks. Like he just jumps right. high. Jalen Green, when he jumps, looks like he's just like floating in the air, yep. which matters a lot. Yeah, Jalen Green is close to the ideal body that you want for a dunk contest. Like you, you don't want to be too short, uh, and you you also don't want to be too tall. We've seen that go both ways, uh, but I, I think he he kind of hits it perfectly. I, I came up with a list of guys that I would have liked to have seen 
in this field. I mean, you're probably, if we're being honest, you're probably removing Toscano Anderson or you're removing Cole Anthony, or maybe you just add him in. Like there doesn't really seem to be any actual guideline for how many guys could be in this. There's been, I mean, there's been as many as six before. There's been as few as three. Uh, it's just kind of like whoever wants to do it can do it. But I, I think Anthony Edwards, that goes without saying. That would have been yeah. awesome. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, Greg Brown, who, who did the OG between the legs dunk back in November. Uh, Miles Bridges, just because it feels like he's had like more memorable dunks than anybody this year. John Morant right up there as well. And, you know, why not this? Why is this not the year that LeBron finally does it? You know, get some positive <laughs> momentum. Uh, you know, to kind of boost his like individual MVP case a little bit. Like he's, he's trying to further separate himself uh, as having a great individual season, even as the Lakers continue to sputter. Um, and I, I, I feel like there would be in some ways it would be very LeBron of him to finally do it this year and then act like, you know, like, Oh, I've, I've, I could have done it anytime, but uh, it's not weird for me to do it now. Yeah. Like right before the dunk contest, LeBron kind of just like walks up to JTA, just kind of taps him on the shoulder and he's like, <laughs> exactly. I'm in, uh, take a seat. <laughs> Uh, I got this one. Yeah, I yeah, uh, exactly. I agree with I agree with everything you said. Bridges, especially because Bridges has a ton of power in his dunks too. Um, yep. He reminds me the most of like a Vince Carter type, where all of his dunks he's floating in the air. They're all finesse, but then at the very end, it's just an insane amount of power. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, he he did a dunk contest in 2019, uh, lost in the famous Hamadou Diallo dunk contest, uh, right. along with John Collins and Dennis Smith. So he has been there. Um, but my, my hopes are up. I, I think, you know, last year was definitely a low point for the dunk contest, one of many over the last 20 years, but I, I think we bounced back. Uh, also, I discovered in my research, did not remember this at all. Serge Ibaka did a dunk contest yeah. early I on think in he, his career. I think he dunked from the free throw line. That was like one of his, that was like one of his main dunks. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he had a heel on the line. Yeah. Um, but it happened. Eric Bledsoe, also a dunk contest sure. performer. Yeah, was he? Well, so he was the year before they did that weird, like I think it was 2014, where they just had everybody just keep dunking. Like it was just like a layup line of dunks, yeah. and it was like impossible to tell. Like there were teams involved somehow, and yeah. I, I just remember being like eternally confused as to what I was watching. Yeah, they were doing it by conference. I think that was like DeRozan, John Wall, uh, Lillard was in that. Did a between the legs dunk. Yep. Yep. Did not know uh, he had that, that kind awful. of balance. Uh, Harrison Barnes, Paul George, Ben <laughs> McLemore, and Terrence Ross were also Ben McLemore? Ben McLemore, kind of a bouncy guy at the time. Uh, apparently. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions. And even more so, making the right decision. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six U.S. states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding nationwide. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk free bet up to $500 on your first wager. All you have to do is download the WinBet app right now. That's WinBet, W Y N N B E T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Thrive Fantasy is back for another season of fantasy basketball, and they're running guaranteed contests every single day this NBA season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes who have the biggest impacts on the game. Sign up today, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription that will give you access to everything on our website, not just our NBA content, all of our other sports, a ton of value wrapped up in that free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you can go about claiming your free RotoWire subscription. Step one, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. That's T-H-R-I-V-E. Step two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Finally, step three, play in your first paid contest and then you'll receive that free six-month RotoWire subscription. Thrive Fantasy, check it out today. 
one other thing I want to touch on, and you know, I feel like this has almost become a meme because people talk about it all the time, but the fabled horse contest in 2009, uh, I, I don't really have anything to discuss. I just, I think we need to highlight, particularly in 2010, uh, the second and only, or second and final, I guess, uh, year that this occurred, who participated in this. So 09, we had kind of a, a sneaky, cool field. Joe Johnson, Kevin Durant, and OJ Mayo. 2010, KD comes back to defend his title, which he does. He wins it. Do you have any guess as to who else was in that? I barely even remember it at all. So I have no idea. I think I, 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 unless somebody was there, like, unless you were a ball boy for this event, I don't know how you could possibly ever guess these two. The other two participants were Rajan Rondo and Omri Caspi. <laughs> <laughs> Omri Caspi. <laughs> like what? Oh my Hard God. to believe that that event died out after 2010. Yeah. Uh, remember, remember, right. Uh, wait, wasn't there another horse during the pandemic? Remember that when that happened, everyone could like bet on it. Was that horse? I don't even remember what happened. I have no memory of what you're talking about. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Remember, I, I swear to God, we were talking about this. Like they were doing like horse over video or something like that during the early oh, stages yeah, of the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that no, happened you're, you're totally well. right. that'll, that'll be lost to history as well. Okay, uh, man. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the Wikipedia right now, frantically. <laughs> there's a Wikipedia for see. It. There's a Wikipedia page entitled "NBA All Star Weekend Horse Competition." Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I, I remember that just being like maybe it was yeah. just a stream that I had. It was like horrible quality. Yeah, I, I, NBA Horse Competition. This is on YouTube. You have Trey Young, Chauncey Billups was a participant. That's right. Oh, they were doing it from their own homes. That's yeah, right. From their, yes. yes, from oh. their own home. They were doing. I, I think it. I blacked that out. Yeah, and you could bet on it oh. and everything. Chauncey Billups is literally like someone's just with like a, a homemade camera. Trey Young, I'm looking at this right now, is shooting on what appears to be a hoop from Walmart uh, and did a 14-foot bank shot. So yep. uh, great stuff. I, if I remember correctly, I think Billups did his outside and it was it was like really windy and he didn't have a cover on his mic and he just couldn't hear anything but wind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean Trey Young is doing his outside too, but the uh, the wind the wind factor is uh, yeah that was that was ultimately a low point. I remember people trying to like hype that up. Yeah, uh, and I was like, I will not be watching this. Like, I don't care yeah. that there's no basketball on. Like, I will just watch highlights of anything else. That was probably the lowest point in the pandemic overall, uh, basketball or otherwise. I think it's been it's been a slight uphill climb since that day. Uh, I'm I'm actually going to be out in Arizona over All Star Weekend. Just a quick little trip uh with, with the girlfriend and we're i'm told we're doing some stargazing uh potentially on mm. saturday night which worries me i don't i highly doubt there's going to be a tv out there uh, <laughs> playing playing the dunk contest i don't know how that's going to be received if i like have my laptop with me i, I think it's supposed to be really dark um but I'm, I'm gonna have to figure something out because i will not miss this um let's take a quick break and talk monkey knife fight alex uh, a new sponsor on the pod we're gonna be making picks twice a week for monkey knife fight contest. Uh, it's the easiest DFS site to play on no setting lineups, no, you know, spending hours of research uh, only to have a player ruled out, you know, five minutes before the game starts. It's just a simple more or less contest. You could do points, you know, sometimes they'll offer rebounds, other stats like assists, fantasy points. That's what we're going to be picking today. And you have a chance to win 20 times, hundred times, even sometimes 500 times your buy-in amount on monkey knife fights. So you just have to go to monkeyknifefight.com. To sign up, you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And if you use our promo code, which is RWNBA, you'll also get a free $10 NBA ticket. Uh, and that's with the promo code RWNBA. No spaces, all caps. I, I don't know if it has to be in all caps when you enter it. It probably does. I would do that just to be safe. Um, but we're going to be looking at one of the MKF 4x4 contests, Alex. So what this means is if you pick all four correctly, uh, for this contest, you're looking at 10 times your buy-in amount. So you buy in 10 bucks, you go four for four, you cash out with 100 bucks. We're going to go through and pick fantasy points over-unders for tonight. Uh, we will start with Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic prop, 57 and a half fantasy points going up against the Thunder. Does he go more or less? Uh, I'd be worried about a blowout potential here. Mavericks yeah. are minus 12, so... Uh, I'm actually going to go under here, worried about him playing like 29 minutes. I think that's a good point. No SGA 
for OKC. I'm going to join you on the less here. I, I think, you know, Luca is, is on the short list of guys who could certainly go more on this number in three quarters, but 57 and a half, a, a little too high for me with the blowout potential. I think if that was like five points lower, I would go more. Uh, another guy who's certainly in that same category as far as piling up stats, although he is questionable as of now with a toe injury, Nikola Jokic, same number, 57 and a half fantasy points at Utah tonight. Uh, well, questionable with a toe injury makes me nervous. So I would understand taking the under, but uh, I don't think Jokic is necessarily a guy who needs the athleticism that whatever, whatever athleticism having a completely healthy toe brings you. I don't think Jokic needs it. Um, yeah, I mean, Jazz, <laughs> I don't know if they'd be better with or without Whiteside. Uh, I know Gobert is out, so... I'm going to go over here. I think the game will be close, and I think they do have such an advantage at the center position that they'll – I mean, obviously, they're going to feed Jokic anyway, but he could have a big scoring night. I love the logic of he doesn't even need his toes, which is essentially right. proven to be correct. <laughs> um, but Utah, I mean, no white side, no Gobert tonight. I, I think even if Jokic is a little bit hobbled, he, he goes uh, more on this number pretty easily. Joel Embiid, uh, just a tick lower. His fantasy point prop sits at 56 and a half on Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, he goes up against the Washington Wizards, more or less. I'm going to go over here. Uh, there is, again, there's kind of blowout potential here. But, I mean, he's going up against Gafford and Errol, who I think stand no chance against yep. him. So I'll go over. But, again, they're 10.5 point favorites, the 76ers are. So there's there's reason to have some doubt, at least. I'm going more. He hasn't played since Saturday. This is as well-rested as Embiid is going to be in a long time, probably. I mean, he, he played like 15 games in a row. Uh, like you said, no Thomas Bryant for Washington. They've gone, they've done everything they could to not play Daniel Gafford more than 12 minutes in any games this season. Um, I think he's going to have a massive positional advantage. Uh, and even if this is a blowout, it is a double-digit spread. Like you said, uh, I, I think I kind of view him in that same boat as Jokic, where you know, we could be looking up and at the end of the third quarter, he's got like 38 points and 14 boards. Uh, we finished out with James Harden. 52 and a half fantasy points is his number. Uh, Nets are on the road on the second half of a back-to-back -back at Sacramento, though. So a good matchup, more or less on 52 and a half for Harden. I'm going under here. Um, I think, you you know, you brought up a good point, second half of back-to-back, -back, and it's on the road. And that means Kyrie Irving's available. So Kyrie Irving can pick up some of the slack here. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick under. I mean, obviously, Hargan's great. Has potential to go for 60 or even 70 any given night. But, um, you know, someone who also, I, th I think, was happy to let Irving take some possessions. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'm i going to go more here. I think it's more about the matchup. I mean, these teams are both bottom three in defense over the last 10 games. I think there's going to be a lot of points piled up. Uh, and I, I think Harden has... has really taking an unfair amount of flack this season. I think his numbers like fantasy wise, he's been almost as good as ever. Uh, probably never going to reach those same heights that he did with Houston, you know, in like 2016, 2017. But um, I think he's been, he's been really good. He's been really effective. Um, the counting stats have been there. He's almost averaging a triple double. He's two rebounds short. Um, so I, I like his, his more tonight uh, against Sacramento. Those are the MKF picks. Again, make sure to use our code RWNBA, get that free $10 NBA credit on MKF. And check out monkeyknifefight.com for that 100% deposit match up to $100. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, back to All-Star stuff. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, the starters were announced on Thursday. We get the reserves uh, this coming Thursday, tomorrow night. Those will be announced on TNT. I've come up with my seven reserves for each conference, and, and I went with the approach of guys who I think will be selected, not necessarily who I want to be selected. I kind of guided you to do the opposite and put together who you think uh, should make it or, or who you want to make it. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start first, though, with, with the guys that I think will make it in the East. And we'll compare my list to yours. Does that work? Yep. All right. So in the East, I have Zach Levine, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Drew Holiday, Fred Van Vliet, James Harden, LaMelo Ball. I think that's a good list. I uh, There are some guys who, because of injury or team performance, are I think are very borderline. You know, like you have guys like Jimmy Butler, who's missed some time. Sabonis, who I think is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, playing very well, playing at an all-star level, but the Pacers are are not doing great right now. Um, So for me, for me, I think this goes Harden. I'm going to give the nod to Jimmy Butler, Fred Van Vliet, LaMelo, uh, Garland, Levine, and... uh, Let's go with Sabonis. Screw it. Okay. It, it feels yeah. like the like the the narrative around the Pacers, who are nineteen and thirty three, has been too negative for me. That I, I think that's going to like overcome how good of a season Sabonis actually has had. I mean, he's top ten in VORP. He's top ten in win shares. Like he really has been as good as ever. He's having his best season, and he's played forty six games, which in this season is more than enough. That's more than like seventy percent of these guys. Um, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if he sneaks on. It's just a matter of how much, um, you know, how much do they factor in the fact that Indiana's 14 games under 500. The other thing that I think helps both Butler and Sabonis is the the positional nature of this. You know, they they do try to avoid picking like seven guards or six guards and one big man. And my list is guard, guard, center, guard, 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 guard. So if they do, you know, try to shoehorn another forward onto there like it could be butler could be sabonis could be both you know then then someone like a drew holiday uh maybe even darius garland you know who's missed a couple games now maybe one of those guys ends up getting left off yeah the positional thing is tough i mean there are just so many like guards slash forwards or you know i guess sabonis is mostly a center but they play him at power forward a lot um you know that could end up getting people some people to just vote in jared allen kind of because they like they need a center right um but I don't know. Did you did you at all consider, I guess, Drew Holiday, Chris? You didn't say Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton, right? No, I, I had Holiday, and oh, I, I Holiday. was choosing between those two. And I I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough when you're predicting how someone else is going to act. I think Holiday has been better, and I think he's been more important to the Bucks this year. Uh, I mean, Middleton just just hasn't quite been himself. He's still been very good, but he's always one of those guys that even when the Bucks were winning. 60 plus games he you know he was not a lock for the all-star team he was always one of the last guys in and I, I don't feel like he's played up to that level 
this year. And, you know, if the Bucks are going to get two guys, I, I think it's Holiday. But frankly, I mean, based on what I just said with the positional stuff, I would not be shocked if, if neither of those guys end up making it. Or maybe maybe Middleton, because you can say he's a small forward, maybe he gets a slight edge over Holiday. Right. I think if... Um... I think if Pascal Siakam had played like the whole season that he would have a case. Um, yes. I have that in my notes. He's been a monster. Yeah. This is his, his season as a whole is 21 points uh, on 16.8 shots, 8.5 rebounds, 5.1 assists, 1.4 steals. And that obviously includes when he's kind of off to a, a little bit of, like he's been crazy lately, uh, especially, but yeah, he'd have a case if, if he was played more than 36 games, I think. Yeah, I mean, minutes-wise, Siakam might have—he might have played the most minutes out of all these guys. I'd, I'd have to sort by by total minutes, but uh, I mean, Butler. I think the main knock on him is the games played. You know, he's only played thirty-three. Uh, that would be pretty much. I mean, that's—I would say safely the lowest of any true candidate, especially yeah. in the East. And you know, it's kind of right on the borderline where you start to say, like, "Hey, we, we might just have to cross you out." Even in a year where a lot of other stars are missing games, like almost everybody else is at least, you know, LeBron's at 36 games. Um, and it feels like he's missed a ton of time. So for, for Butler to have missed three more games than LeBron, um, you know, I, I think it's borderline. It's going to be eye of the beholder. I think some people will say he's missed too much. I can't vote for him. Others will be able to overlook it. But if you, if you take the games played argument out of it, I think Butler is easily on this team and he might've been a starter. Yeah. I mean, he's playing amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, in per game fantasy value, he's ninth in the whole league. So it's, it's pretty hard to yep. keep them off the list. Yeah. And one more note on the positional designations. Like we, we did kind of shoehorn DeMar DeRozan in at shooting guard. He's definitely a forward at this point. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I, my, my stance on this is that they should just throw positions out. And if some year five guards end up starting or five centers end up starting, so be it. It's the all-star game. It doesn't really matter. Let's go to the West. I, I think the tide has officially turned uh, at least in terms of, you know, this all-star game and, and the talent uh, in conference versus conference, because in the East, I, I found it hard to, you know, whittle my list down to seven deserving guys. Whereas in the West, I had trouble, you know, even filling the seven reserve spots. And a lot of that is injuries. There's a couple big names, uh, you know, guys like Kawhi and Paul George, Damian Lillard, guys who are virtual locks when they're healthy, missing so much time that they can't be included at all. Um, but it, it, it's interesting because it still feels like, you know, the West is probably the slightly stronger conference when everybody's healthy, but in terms of all-stars, that is not the case at all this year. So I will give you my predictions for the seven Western conference reserves. I have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, DeJounte Murray, Rudy Gobert, and Luka Doncic. I think that makes sense. The, the ones that were, that are tough, I think are Anthony Davis and Andre or not Andre Drummond, Draymond Green. Yes. Um, because of the, the, like Draymond's going to be out. So he's not even gonna be able to play in this game. And right. he's, you know, his game count isn't that high. Davis might be available, uh, but he's only played 30 games as of right now. So he's right. kind of borderline, um, you know, so it's kind of no, it's kind of tough to know what to do with that. Um, I will say my, uh, my reserves would be Towns, DeJounte Murray, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Luka Doncic, uh, Gobert, and Booker. But okay, so we have the same kind of there. Yeah, yeah. It's but the Draymond slash Anthony Davis thing is it gets tough. I just left them both out because yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it easier. I mean, honestly, that I feel really good about that seven because if you know Draymond, even if he gets named, isn't going to be able to play. Um, it could. I mean, it could end up being where Draymond gets the spot and then hands it to Davis as the injury replacement. Right. Um, but I, you know, like it's weird to say, but it feels like this could be a year where like if Luca was playing in the East, he's not making the all-star team this year. Like he's, he was my seventh guy on this list. And, and even like DeJounte Murray for as awesome as he's been, it's not a lock when you're on a 19 and 33 team. I mean, he's, he's in a lot of ways, the Sabonis of the West here. Like we've seen guys have these big time statistical years on bad teams and get left off year after year. I mean, it's happened to Brad Beal. Uh, it's happened to DeMarcus cousins a number of times back in the day. Uh, but I, I, I almost feel like that, seven uh, all those guys are are near locks for me just because of the lack of of other options like it feels like there should be another you know another warrior or another grizzlies player uh maybe even another nuggets player but when you start to look at it it's, it's pretty tough to come up with who that name would be like you know naming jaron jackson to me would, would feel like a pretty major reach 
Yeah, and I'm like, I'm fine with rewarding guys on bad teams for the All Star game. Like, I don't really care Same unless here. it's like the team is so 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 bad. But that's not really the case here. It's not like we're saying like, hey, Cade Cunningham, you know. Um, yeah. Like Dejounte Murray deserves to be in the All Star game. Like I, I don't even, I don't even think I can hear an argument for him to not be in the All Star game at this point, unless you want to put both Anthony Davis and Draymond Green in. Then I don't maybe... think there's going to be a parade of people trying to get Anthony Davis in this All Star game. I don't, right. I don't feel like his narrative is very compelling. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And you know, Dejounte Murray's been again yeah. probably. It, it's getting to the point where so many people are saying it's an undercovered story that it's now becoming properly covered. But yeah. um, like constant triple double threat. You know, two steals a game, only two and a half turnovers for his nine assists. Like he's been amazing. Yeah, I, I do wonder how how people outside of the fantasy sphere view Murray because I, I think he's been a bigger deal in fantasy than in real life for a while, even just in terms of like general hype and, and pre-draft and whatnot. And you know, he's finally delivered on it, but the Spurs are never on national TV. I, I have not had a lot of DeJounte Murray conversations with my friends who are who are not right. into fantasy. Um, so I, I do wonder how much of like a, a fantasy echo chamber that is, but, but obviously he's been fantastic. And I, I think he's, you know, barring something unforeseen between now, between now and tomorrow night, I, I think he's going to make it. I, I have a couple notes. Um, you know, I mentioned how, how difficult it was to choose the guys in the East. I, I think just the general talent level of the league is, has made it such that I don't think we're ever going to see a situation like in 2015 where, you know, four players from the best team in the East were named to the all-star game, you know, for Atlanta Hawks. Like, I don't, I don't think that'll ever, ever happen again. And especially because really, really none of those guys were even stars, you know, like none of those guys were perennial all-stars to begin with. It, it's one thing when Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant make it, because those guys are all all-star caliber players if they happen to be on the same team. But I don't think we're ever going to see a situation where essentially role players or just very good veteran starters are thrown into the all-star game because you don't really have any other options. Um, and even like I looked at 2016, which was the year after the Atlanta atrocity occurred. And like Andre Drummond made the all-star game on a really bad Detroit team. Paul Millsap made the all-star game that year. 35-year-old Pau Gasol made the all-star game when he was a member of the Bulls. Like yeah. I, those days are over. I don't think guys like that are going to make all-star games anymore. Yeah, they kind of have to be like injury replacements. I think I think there was a world in which... If the Bulls were number one in the East, stayed completely healthy, were like first on the East by a significant margin, and the rest of the league was dealing with injuries, there was a there is a world in which Levine, DeRozan, Ball, and Vucevic got in. I sure. think that world exists somewhere, um, but it's it's a situation like that where it's like rest of the conference is dealing with injuries, some teams uh, exceeding expectations by like a wild amount. Everyone's putting up, they have like four main guys just putting up numbers. So yeah. I think there's still room for it, but it is, it is tougher than, <laughs> than what it used to be. Like when you're rattling off Drummond and, and old Pau Gasol. Yeah. And I think the Bulls would have needed to keep winning like eight out of 10 games. You know, they, yes. they would have had to go into the all-star break with like a, a crazy winning record to, to get something like that. And, you know, we haven't mentioned Vucevic. I, I think there's a chance. I, I don't, th I don't think it happens, but it wouldn't be crazy if he snuck on, as like the last big man in the East over Sabonis, you know, if, if, if somebody values record that much more, I mean, the Bulls are first in the East after all, even though they're not on pace for 65 wins, that Atlanta team, by the way, was 43 and 11 going into the all-star break. And at the time that the starters were announced or at the, the rosters were announced, they were, they were 40 and eight, like they lost three of their last six games going into the break. So, I mean, they had some like ridiculous momentum at that point. Right. Yeah. I think if the Bulls had that record, then we'd be having a different yeah. conversation. They, they won 19 in a row. They were sitting at, uh, they were 22 and eight, and then they were 40 and eight. That's, that's insane. Crazy. Um, one other note that I have 11 guys from last year's All Star game will likely not be in this year's All Star game Jalen Brown, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Kyrie, Brad Beal, Kawhi, Zion, Julius Randle, Mike Conley, Vucevic, and Sabonis. Those all make sense. Like they, I, I don't really understand. Like I, those, I don't, I don't know if any of those guys really have an argument. Like I think Sabonis no. has an argument, but I, I was looking at Jalen Brown's numbers and I'm like, he's just aren't even that good. You know, like I couldn't yeah. even, I couldn't, I didn't even put him on. I mean, I put him on my short list, but it was like kind of, it was like behind Pascal Siakam. 
So yeah, it's just a weird year. I, I'd have to go back and run the numbers, but I would guess we have not had a year where there's that much turnover. Eleven guys, and and who knows? Maybe someone else gets added to that list uh, if there's a notable snub. Uh, but that's just that's crazy year over year turnover, and and a lot of it is you know Paul George was well on his way before he got hurt. Lillard always a lock if he's healthy. Kyrie, we know what that situation is. Kawhi lock when healthy. And, and I think Zion, I mean, based on the popularity, if he was healthy, even if he yeah. was having a semi-disappointing year, he would automatically be in. So that's five right there. And then, you know, Brad Beal, I, I think at this point in his career, um, you know, he's been healthy enough to make it. That's that's kind of the the odd one with him. Uh, but the rest of that field, like Jalen Brown, Randall, Conley, Vucevic, Sabonis, those guys are all borderline anyway. Um, but, but yeah, usually I guess you don't have five bona fide perennial all-stars who are, you know, you could just cross off. Yeah, Beal's... Like, Beal's just going to end up being one of those guys who was really good, is going to make, like, three to five all-star teams and needs to settle in as, like, a number two or three guy. Um, like, But the, the league is just filled with those guys, right? Like, there are plenty of guys who are second or third fiddle on some team that if you threw them on a number one spot for three years would make some all-star teams. You know, I think of, like, I mean, like Middleton, for example. You know, imagine like if Chris Middleton was the number one option on like these Wizards teams, would he be putting up, you know, 30 points, six assists, four rebounds a game? Probably. Uh, so at some point, like the guys just kind of fall off because other guys, you know, they come up or they, you know, I mean, Beal's having a tough year shooting the ball and now he's he hurt his wrist or something. So he's going to be out for a while. Well, let's let's stick with Beal for a little bit here uh i think he is now just in the last couple of days you know emerged as probably the number one name who could be on the move at the deadline next week and i, I still feel like it's it's probably unlikely in the end uh partially because washington is just kind of caught in the middle right now and it's just not really clear what direction they're heading but there's reports you know earlier today that beal has finally backed down on the stance that he you know wants to remain in washington no matter what it felt like it was always heading this way at some point um but you know, are, are there any landing spots outside of the obvious Brad Beal for Ben Simmons type of deal? Yeah. Um, and you can comment on that if you if you feel strongly one way or the other. But are there any obvious landing spots for Beal? The, the other team I've really seen mentioned is is Indiana because of the Sabonis component. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been on the Simmons for uh, Beal train for a while. Like, I just think that makes the most sense for both teams. Um, I guess the only issue is... Like, I mean, we, we did the pod last week where we was ranking the teams we thought were be most likely to win a title in the next five years. And I had the Wizards last. Like, they just need a direction. Um, yeah. They need something. And maybe Ben Simmons is it. Maybe he's not. Uh, but I, I don't even know why you're hanging on to Brad Beal. I can understand the Indiana situation. Flip him for Sabonis. I just think if you're Washington, you want, like, you you want picks and young players back. Like, you want to rebuild. I don't know what you're doing with this team that you currently have that's, like, capped out because of Vertans and other guys. Um, you're eventually going to have to pay, like, Hachimura. Where's that going? So, I, you know, I think they need to deal them to a team that they can at least get some assets back. I'm not sure exactly who that is off the top of my head. Um, I don't think, like, OKC would pull the trigger on on Beal to try to pair him with like Gilgis Alexander um or anything like that. So I don't know. Is there is there a team off the top of your head that, that you think is interesting? Not really. I mean I, I think the the potential for a like Beal for Sabonis swap is there, but I don't think that helps either team. I, I think if anything, if you read the reports, it's that you know Beal would like to play with Sabonis, which at that point, I, I mean I don't know what you're sending out. Um, if, if you're Washington, I, like what does Indiana look at on that roster and say, like, you know, we need to get our hands on Anthony Gill. Um, I don't, I don't, I just, to me, I don't know if you could build a compelling enough offer for someone like Sabonis. Yeah. Would you, would you consider like a De'Aaron Fox thing? For Beal or for Sabonis? Beal. I, I would think about it. I mean, it, it makes you younger. Uh, although it's not like Beal is 32 years old. I mean, he was, right. he's what, 20. I think he's going to turn 29 in June. So yes. yeah, I mean, you're, you're at least moving your timeline back a little bit. I'm still optimistic on Fox. I know a lot of people are out on him. I, I think I'm, I'm out on the concept of him becoming like a top 15 player in the league, but I also think that he has been in the worst developmental organization possible to begin his career. And we've seen, we've seen the Kings swallow up other promising prospects. 
So I'm, I'm willing to believe that there's like a jump to be made there. If he gets out of Sacramento, um, just getting to a real team, I think would help. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really tough. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's like a, like a, a team that's good right now that could add Brad Beal or add Sabonis um, other than Philly. You know, they're, they're the team that has the chips. Uh, it's, it's hard to point to any other, you know, contenders or fringe contenders that have the pieces. I mean, unless a team like Toronto wants to cash in some of its assets, um, Atlanta, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Atlanta, John Collins. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is if I'm, I don't know, man, if I'm, if I'm Washington and I'm sending out like franchise player and Bradley Beal, and I'm getting back like John Collins. Yeah. yeah. I just don't know. It's kind of tough to start your rebuild without a guard. Um, you have, you have to get something of true value here. Like, you know, the, I think the comparison in some ways is the Vucevic deal with Chicago and, and Orlando and Vucevic was older. Um, I think that it was more of an obvious trade. There wasn't as much leverage there. I think with Sabonis, you could maybe ask for a little more, but at least there, you, you got a, a ton of draft capital and you got Wendell Carter, which at the time was kind of like, okay, I'm not super excited about this, but that's turned into a nice young asset. Like you, you have to get somebody at least of that caliber and, and, you know, like Wendell Carter or hate Wendell Carter. He was, you know, two years removed from being a top 10 pick. So there at least was some upside there. Like you can't, you can't just get a basket of like, okay, you know, 24 to 27 year olds and a couple picks. Like you, you need to get some, some sort of like high end developmental piece. Yeah. I don't want to just keep throwing them at the wall, but would you, would you think about like a Porzingis thing like Brunson and Porzingis and picks? Well, you got to pay Brunson. Right. You pay Brunson. You have Porzingis. You probably send Dallas Kuzma. No, I, I wouldn't do it. No, okay. I, I I mean, the Porzingis piece to me, I don't know what the upside is at this point. I think we've seen sure. it. We've seen it now in two locations. You know, he went healthy. is pretty good. He's been underratedly a pretty solid player this year. But I think the the upside that looked like it was there in 2018, 2019, you know, when he was still like crazy athletic for his size, I just don't think that's coming back. It's been long enough. Um, yeah. And I, I think it, that just that just seems like a situation where he's – you know, he's one more injury away from being one of the worst contracts in the league. And if you're Washington, like why take on that risk? And like, I love Jalen Brunson, but what does that get you if, if you're the Wizards? You know, like Jalen Brunson is not, he's not even on the level of De'Aaron Fox when it comes to like player you could kind of try to build around and still be bad and accumulate assets. Like if, if Jalen Brunson is your second or first best player, you are in deep, deep trouble. Very true. Yeah, the, the Brunson hype has gotten, I think, a little out of control. Yeah, like I, I like I, him, but people are saying he's going to get a max. I, Tim McMahon was saying on the on the low post this week that there was you know the the, the Mavs weren't sure if he wanted to go somewhere and have his own team. Like who's right. giving their team to Jalen Brunson? I don't know. The um the last one I wanted to bring up. I obviously I think this is pretty much like this will this can't happen anymore. And I <laughs> I brought it up last year. I and I don't know if the Wizards would have ever done it in a different situation. But was, I, I was saying the Nuggets should have dangled Michael Porter Jr. for Beal. And I feel like if I was Washington, I would have known to not pull a trigger because I'd be worried about the back stuff. But I think there was, there's some, there's some world where that ends up happening. I think, um, I don't know how much more you have to give up. Like, you know, if you were Washington, would you have taken MPJ and basically like (laughs) everything else of value? And if you're Denver, would you have done that? So, so are you saying would you do that now or rewind no, like a year ago? Like a year ago, like when basically when MPJ was playing out his mind. Yeah, I mean for Sabonis, no. For Beal, I would think about it. I I don't know. I don't. I just like Sabonis and Jokic together is awesome. I just don't know if that's is that a title recipe. I'm, I'm not really sure. It's I don't. It feels more like a fantasy team, I guess, to me. And and at the time, you have to remember. I mean. Michael Porter Jr. was like arguably one of the most untouchable assets in the league. I mean, there's a reason they they chose to give him a five-year, you know, near max extension as opposed to flipping him for basically any star who was semi-available. Like who like there might have been guys who we don't even know were available that would have become available right. if Michael Porter was on the table. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I'm Denver now, obviously I'm doing anything I can to get out from under that. But I think the Porter asset is is so significantly damaged at this point that there are teams that would be willing to take it on and, and accept that risk. And, and Washington, the position that they're in, maybe they're one of those teams, but I don't think you're not giving up Beal in order to assume that risk. No, that's a move for like, 
Orlando, Houston, or Detroit, right? Yeah, just like a massive desperation move. And what the problem with it is it, it's so risky because he has, you know, five more years on that contract. It's not like, all right, it didn't work out. You know, we, we can't, we're, we're off. He's off the books in 2023. It's like, if this doesn't work out, like this is something that is handicapping us for half of the next decade. Yeah, that's <laughs> so if you're a winning team, you can't do it. If you're a losing team, you can't do it. Like you, mm-hmm. the only way you can do it is if you are like deciding right now, I'm about to tank for the next five years. Let's just, it doesn't matter if MPJ plays because right. if he plays, he's probably not good enough to like float the team, you know, to a, a, a good record. And if he doesn't play, then obviously we're getting a bad pick. Um, you have so. to be willing to live with the possibility that he plays zero games over five years. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I think the Thunder are probably the only team on that list right now. I want to finish out with six man of the year chatter. Uh, you and I have been going back and forth. We were talking late last week. Uh, about Kevin Love's candidacy and you know depending on who you follow on Twitter there's been there's been a little bit of an upswell in the Kevin Love for six man of the year narrative I still don't understand the odds I'm fine with Tyler Hero being favored Uh, if you look at the DraftKings Sportsbook Hero is the wildly overwhelming favorite at minus 1100 I mean that implies that he basically has it sewn up then you have Kelly Oubre at 17 to 1 and then Kevin Love at 40 to 1 again I'm okay with Hero being the favorite I, I legitimately think this is going to be a semi-close race. Hero has better numbers. He has, you know, kind of a, a better up-and-coming type of narrative. But I, I think the overall narrative favors Kevin Love. Like, it wouldn't have been shocking if he was just sent home for pouting a week into the season. And instead, you know, this former Olympic gold medalist, perennial all-star, likely future Hall of Famer, NBA champion, you know, he, based on how everything had gone the last few years, he was like the most unlikely guy to accept this kind of role. And not only has he accepted it, but... He's been better, I think, than anybody could have expected. Yeah, he like wasn't that great to start the year, but then he kind of just like caught fire out of nowhere. I mean, marketing going down has something to do with it. Um, he had a really hot stretch, but yeah, man, it's it's just like he's helping. And if the if the Cavs were bad, this would be a different story. Nobody would be talking about it. But the Cavs are are a very good team. Um, you know. I think ultimately what's going to hurt is people are going to look at the full season numbers and they're going to see hero 33 minutes a game compared to Kevin Love's 22 minutes a game. And I think like as good as Kevin Love is in the minutes that he gets, it is hard to win six man of the year. If you're seeing like under 24 minutes. Yeah. I, I just, I don't even know if that's ever happened. Like there just has to be almost like some sort of volume. Um, like this award has kind of gone to like fringe starters or like Lou Williams, mm-hmm. you know, over the past like five years. Yeah. And I mean, a big part of the case for Kevin Love is the Cavs being this, you know, fun surprise team. They're 11 games over 500. The problem is Miami is better than Cleveland. Like it it would be a lot more, it'd be a lot more hotly debated if the Heat were like 10th in the East, because I I think that narrative doesn't carry as much weight when you're like, well, Hero's also on a very good team. Yeah. And it's not like Hero's numbers are crazy. That's the thing. It's like, they're good, but he's just from the field career low, 42%. Right, he's a he's just a vo- he's just getting a ton of volume because their bench is so awful that he has to just like run the offense. I mean, his yeah, you mentioned forty two percent for the field. The assist to turnover ratio is basically four to three. Um, you know, again, like the bet's not a. I mean, for Kevin Love, what are the odds? They're still like forty or fifty to one at this point. Forty to one. Forty to one. I mean, that's mostly a bet. I think at this point that. If Hero gets hurt, Love is the yep. obvious number two. Um, I, Ubre at seventeen to one. I don't. I don't get it. He's had some like very memorable singular performances. He's not a real candidate. I haven't talked about Kelly Ubre at all this season. Like I, it's just he's just been Kelly Ubre. Um, yeah, he's just been the wave poppy. He's been, he's just been the wave poppy. So I still I still stand by that it's a bet with good value. Um, but you know don't uh, don't put your life savings on it. All right. Always good to end with some six man of the year talk. Uh, We'll check in (laughs) again next week. You'll be back on the pod as usual on Friday, talking waiver wire. I'm sure you'll discuss the all-star reserves with Ken and Shannon. So looking forward to hearing that and we'll talk soon.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.